listeners, this is your host, Zachary Landolt, and welcome to another episode of In Another World. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to say we will be discussing Disney and how it affected our young queer upbringings, but it does not necessarily mean I support Disney and all of their recent reopening amid COVID. Just wanted to be a little clear on that before we get started. Listeners, my guest today is an actor-singer-dancer who's performed with Atlanta Lyric Theater, Pasadena Playhouse, for which he was directed by legend Debbie Allen, and appeared in The Prom on Broadway. He also happens to be the host of the podcast Queer Queries, which I recently was lucky enough to be a guest on. While discussing queer icons, we discovered a connection to Disney icons, so I figured we should get together again to take a deeper dive into all things Disney. Listeners, please welcome to the show, Nick Eibler. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you excited? I'm very excited. I always love talking about Disney and, and all things gay and queer and Oh, rainbows. it's like not even work, right? Oh, it's my favorite. So how's your week been? It's been good. Um, also busy recording stuff. I, oh my oh, God, yeah. have you seen... Um, we're here on HBO Max. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I have not ugly cried like that. It, and that by show, watching yeah. something in so long. I was like, because yeah. I think for me, I still, I love Queer Eye, don't get me wrong. But the thing I loved about We're Here is they were intentional with highlighting the intolerance mm-hmm. in the towns they went to. And there was yes. something so beautiful about these like, run-of-the-mill regular people getting in drag and being all gung-ho for it and then like talking with these like drag queens who we already know and love and just like having conversations and not like and not having like okay we're gonna like work on your wardrobe we're gonna work on your (laughs) hair we're gonna work on this and like yeah I, i love queer eye but there was something just like simpler but also just like very beautiful about it so yeah, I like Queer Eye, of course, because you have to be like heartless to not find some sort of connection to Queer Eye. But I mm-hmm. do find that um, I was more affected by We're Here. And I think it's because, yeah, it's not about like, when you come back today, you're going to have a fabulous new apartment or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Which, I mean, it's great that they do all of that for those people. But there's something a lot more powerful about like, well, what about this kid that has like no confidence that they're like giving them a keyhole into a community that could empower them? Like, I just find that more interesting. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I think especially for, I think for queer people, it's very, cause it's, it's very cathartic um, because for like each episode, they highlight like people, like one of the people they have on is usually like someone who, who, is either queer or has some attachment to the queer community whether they're yeah. a child um or 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 a best friend or, or or something like that um yeah it was like a family member that you know committed suicide because yeah. of prejudice i mean yeah it's 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 who it gets very heavy for yeah. sure but it's it, oh i love it yeah and there is something I mean, I don't, I don't mean to like sound like I'm like shitting on Queer Eye, but there is something about watching these very famous drag queens be treated like how we know gay people are treated in mm-hmm. parts of the country, because mm-hmm. it just makes it feel more, I don't know, not real. I don't want to make it sound like we need to be like attacked to feel, you know, mm-hmm. like it's emotionally resonant, but it, it just, it takes it to a different place. I guess that's the best way to put it. 
Yeah. Well, especially because, like, I, I, I know for us, like, Shangela and Bob and Shangela especially are, like, like peak. They're in, like, the peak of their career. Like, oh, Shangela's, yeah. like, first queen that uh, was in drag for the Oscars red carpet. And here, no one knows who she is, really. I mean, the people, yeah. sometimes the people who they have on the show be in, that are they put in drag, no. But they've faced the exact same amount of things that countless just like run-of-the-mill normal queer people have so yeah yeah i've also been getting into another sh- it's from hbo max but have you watched legendary mm-hmm. i've been addicted to that show i am um i am officially rooting for the house of len van i have mm-hmm. not finished the season yet so i don't know who yeah. wins in the end but it's been it's been quite a journey with all of yeah. these uh houses yeah, I watched it. I watched it live, so I finished it uh, on oh, Thursday because I think the Thursday is when the last episode came out. Um, so I won't give anything away. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just. What episode are you on? Um, God. Well, spoiler alert, listeners. If you haven't watched, listen. <laughs> let me skip ahead. <laughs> Truly, but um, I just saw the House of Ninja go home, and I was gagged. Oh yes. I thought they were going to be in the finale for sure. I was. I, thought I was so stunned. Too. So you saw the battle with um. Uh, Shorty and uh, Michaela at the uh, yes. remember the times ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was jumping out of my chair, <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, oh yeah, me and my roommate, we have our like gay lives made. We watch that show. We're just like, oh my god, yes, work, work. It's, just, it's, it's so like great. I was like, there needs to be like a voguing battle category in the Olympics. Like oh, they're doing full on tumbling pass in stripper heels. In stripper heels, yeah. I'm like, whew. like flipping over like three people to land a you know perfect landing in six inch, yeah, stripper heels. It's just Truly. there's something so amazing. I love um, Erica from the House of Land Van. I, yes, I just think she's the most fabulous woman ever. Yes. Well, I love I love the House of Land Van because they have such a classic um, house uh, dynamic. Like yeah. Erica is like what you think of as the house, like the very, like the, the, the poster child for a house mother. And then you have like the two, the two like voguing boys. And then you have pack rat who's like, and pack rat and Michaela who are just like these fierce girls that can like vogue the house down and like, <laughs> yeah. and kill it dance wise in different ways. Um, yeah and erica just has to like literally walk out and look fierce and everyone's like oh my god well she she's like a she's basically the real equivalent of what um electra is on the show yes. post mm-hmm. i just i mean maybe not as harsh and, and mean as electra but also speaking of electra when dominique jackson was a guest judge on oh the my show, god Ooh, that got so so heated so i fast. am ballroom <laughs> like you better work when oh when i can't remember who said it but someone from the house of gucci was like you're not that pretty either sweetie and i was like oh my god first of all how dare you dummy jackson is the most beautiful woman come on i mean come on that's just not true yeah but it it was it it is because you've definitely seen the, the judges get into it because at that moment uh law was like i agree with what she's saying and she's a legend but she's a guest in this house she doesn't know you guys and she doesn't know what you've built so 
Yeah. Right. And that was right. the main thing. I'm like, she is a ballroom legend. Like, even if you're annoyed with her critiques, she's not. And first of all, it was just taking it so personally because she said, like, you know, I don't think they're that stunning. And she's just saying in person in front of her in this moment. She's not mm-hmm. saying you as a house are not stunning at other times. She's saying in this particular performance, which is yeah. what is her job to judge this day. It wasn't. And it wasn't that great that day. It was kind of sloppy. Yeah, that was that was the circus one. Yeah. Yeah, this, I, I didn't like that. the circus week that much. I was, I, it was, I don't, I'm not really into circus mm-hmm. fantasy. That's never been one of my, I was more um, excited about the intergalactic week like that. I was very excited for Yes. Yes. I'm so sad. It's going to be over in two episodes. I know. <sighs> yeah. I don't even know who to root for anymore. Cause I'm still, I'm still rooting for house of Len Van, but if you told me that Gucci was going to make it further than Ninja, I would have thought you were crazy. So it's just not, it's not shaking out the way I thought it was going to. <gasps> I won't say so, anything, but I'll be interested to hear. <laughs> so you are also an actor and singer. I'm not a dancer. I can learn choreography, but you're a dancer. <laughs> I, I'm an actor who can learn moves. <laughs> strong mover. Hey, we like, so like, yes, strong movers. You know, well, like I took two years of dance when I was in high school. Um, and then, I mean, I, I took like dance classes in college, but I didn't finish my musical theater degree. So it wasn't like a full, mm-hmm. a full education. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just learned the choreo. But yeah. you were in the prom on Broadway. I was. Yeah. Can you tell me about the, the origins of that happening and what it was yeah. like? Yeah, for sure. Um, so second semester senior year i i like randomly heard some friends talking about how they were gonna go to new york for spring break because they had they've been to new york but they never like explored outside of the the Times square bubble to be like Mm -hmm. oh where actually can i live like in (laughs) astoria or harlem or or Times square just feels like literally an amusement park it doesn't feel like a real place truly and uh like no one can afford to live there uh, <laughs> unless you were like literally, I don't know, even know what actors would want to live there in my personal oh God, opinion. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but yeah. And I kind of like overheard it and I was like, you know what? I think I might want to do that. And then I like talked to my parents and they were like, yeah. And then literally a week before I went, um, my mom sent me, uh, uh, a post from the Telstein company, Instagram cast, uh, account, Telstein company casting. And they were having an open call for Mean Girls, the Mean Girls National Tour for specifically Uh non-union dancers, for male dancers. And I was like, oh my God, this is literally Providence. Like, of course, this is happening like the week I'm there. So (laughs) I think it was like on a Tuesday, I went and I made it through the whole day for that. I think there was like, it was so interesting because the first thing that they did was they did what was called a type out. So they literally lined you up in a line and had your headshot looked at you and then said, we're keeping X, the and so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And the rest of you, thank you very much. And oh my God. at first, like, listen to that. You're like, that's awful. But I actually think it's, it's beneficial because they were already at the end of, they had already apparently cast a lot of the, sh- the, sh- the tour but mm-hmm. they were looking for like a specific few tracks. So they were like, we already know the specific people we're looking for. Yeah. Also, there is a lot of people, a lot of guys that showed up there that I was like, 
I appreciate the enthusiasm and the drive to go to every audition, but in what world would you be convincingly, would you convincingly play a high schooler? Oh, I definitely am a proponent for like, know what you're right for. And like, yes, you never know what could happen, but you, I mean, there are auditions where I'll look at a nose and go, okay, I will not be going to that because it just, you know, I probably will not book it. It is more likely I would not. Especially like, especially like when it's, I mean, the, no matter what, like the New York theater scene is very small. So everyone has for us has like one friend that probably knows something that has heard from someone else. So you probably like could have heard that this is where they are at in their casting process. So they're really, really down to specifics for what they're looking for. Mm hmm. But I made it through the whole day for that. And at the end of the day, the casting director was like, hey, so we're also looking for this vacation swing track for the prom. And funny enough, literally the creative team for Mean Girls is like the exact same as the creative team for prom. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that. Almost the exact same. It's like same director, same director choreographer, same casting director, same, um, uh, not same music director, but... Um, the woman who was the music director from Mean Girls kind of like oversaw a little bit of prom. So there was like, I think they asked eight or nine of us to stay. And we learned the combo that night, but we were running behind. So they were like, we're gonna have to uh, finish this, have you guys learn the combo. And then we're gonna send you guys an email tonight and have you guys come back tomorrow to do it. So I get an email that night giving me the details also they say casey nicola who's the director choreographer is going to be in the room and i'm like oh, oh. my god like uh. <laughs> woo, check the pulse um <laughs> and i show up the next day and i'm like i think i'm like the first one to show up and i usually like getting to things early and just because i'm weird like that so oh, i get no, to things I, ungodly I early i like um, to have time to freak out for 10 minutes That's exactly like yeah so i'm stretching and then like I'm waiting and like not a lot of people are showing up and I'm like that's weird like did I misread the time and then one guy shows up and still no one else is showing up and then before I know it the casting director's like okay you guys can come in and I'm like wait I thought there was supposed Where's to be everybody? eight of us it ended up being me and one other guy just li- drilling the combo with the associate choreographer oh it's such a like smash moment it really is. And then we did it <laughs> twice for Casey. Literally, I danced for my... It was literally like one of those Vogue battles in Legendary or like <sighs> I was having to lip sync for my life, but dance for my life. Like when a Broadway contract is on the line, you don't know what you're capable of until you're literally in the moment. And it's like, wow, I, that's, I'm exhausted. And now I, gotta, I had to run out grab my book and belt my face off oh god oh my god how are we gonna do this but it was good it was great and uh i felt good about it and then either it was either later that day or the next day i was seeing a show with my friend and i noticed that i got a call during the show or towards the end of the show i missed a call and i saw the transcription and it said uh availability telsing company uh call us back I was like, oh my God, called them back. And they were like, hey, so we're very interested in you for this project, for the this prom track. What's your availability? We know you're graduating. And I was like, yeah, I'm graduating in May. Um, and they were like, very, just like very nice and, and great. And they were like, great, we'll be in touch. And me not knowing anything 
thinks like, okay, well, that's really exciting because they're interested in me. Mm -hmm. But not really realizing until after I got the job that that call basically meant there's an offer in the pipeline. They're just trying to figure things out um, in terms of scheduling. And then literally a week later, I was in in uh, in class, and same thing happened. I read that transcription, the voicemail transcription, and I see prom, I see Broadway, I see offer, uh, and uh. I'm just like, I'm such a a quiet celebrator, so I'm like really trying <laughs> to hold it in. But everyone, like the girl who who was with me, uh, when I I got the call the week prior, um was there too and so she of course knew and then she was like nick and i was like so i got the offer to make my broadway debut in the prom and and it was just it was it was one of the most surreal moments of my entire oh, life yeah. because you're like it happened so quickly and i hear about like just like broadway debut stories and like things like this like dragging out for months yeah and for it to happen literally in a week, I'm just like, oh my god. I feel like yeah, I feel like the stories you hear, it's either someone that had to audition over like six months or something, or it's someone that's like, I went in one day and I knew like two days later. Yeah. And yeah, and probably also knowing like, oh wait, I'm already employed and I'm about to graduate from my degree and I exactly. already am gainfully employed. It's it probably was like a I can exhale a little bit because I'm now officially a professional performer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh. like like my 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 friend, she made her Broadway debut recently uh as as Anna in Frozen and that took oh, wow. like a because it was like you're replacing a lead and that took like uh oh god, like two or three months, I think. Oh my god. Um but of course like so much of that time is taken up by by waiting. You're like waiting yeah. and then you go in for a day or two days and then you wait more. And then you like, okay, I didn't get, I think I didn't get it. And then you get a call like a month later and it's like, hey, we need you to come back in. It's just like, uh, I, it's just crazy. But yeah, but yeah, I'd love to be in the walls of a, I actually have always thought it'd be interesting to work at a casting office for like, just like even like an internship or something, just to see, see the whole process. Yeah. Because I had a friend that did that after school because she wasn't getting any jobs for a while. So she's just like, well, I'm going to like try to do some like insider research and just intern at a casting place. And she would talk about how so much of casting was so much different than she ever imagined. And it kind of put her at ease as a performer afterwards because she would be in the room for these auditions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'd be some girl that comes in and she'd be amazing. And she'd be sitting there going, oh, that girl totally just booked this job. And then, like, they'd leave the room and the director would go, mm, her hair's too blonde. We're kind of want more of a brunette, so not her. And they would just, like, you know, flip, <laughs> flip the thing over. And she'd go, what? Like, what? her what are you talking about yeah. <laughs> like, her hair. what are you crazy and it just shows how it's yeah it's just it's all it's all a crapshoot isn't it <laughs> you never it know truly, what's going it on it truly is and then <laughs> yeah and so then after that after like literally after i graduated in like may had showcased in new york on and that was like on a friday had showcased like the tuesday afterwards oh my God. had a day to move into my sublet and then literally started rehearsals on thursday and a wow. week later was the tonys and then two weeks later was i made my debut good grief yeah that must have been so exciting though 
It was, especially like getting to go to the Tonys and and just like getting to work with people who I grew up knowing, like Beth Level from Drowsy Chaperone, and then like yeah. Chris Sieber from uh, Spamalot and Shrek. I know um, Chris Sieber from he was on this sitcom with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, and he played their dad. Yes, yes, it's so funny because I think they actually make a joke about that in prom. Oh um, yeah, he's, he's he was such a delf. Like I was, I was he. I had such a crush on him when I was yeah. a little awkward little little thing. <laughs> yeah, and him, him and his, him and his husband own this island in the middle of a lake in New Jersey and there's like two cottages that are on this island and I'm oh like God. what like you have to rowboat over to this island wow and I'm like you literally did this you did that you did that before every show and I think he has an apartment too in New York because he got that TV money oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah because that would be insane <laughs> I know I'm like I can do it but God bless those who can <laughs> Uh, I also was obsessed with him as Lord Farquaad in mm-hmm. Shrek. I, I just, I was like, that would be, it's still a dream role of mine is to play that role. Cause I think yeah. it would just be so much fun. It's like a gay character actor's dream. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, every guest, I do a segment called your birth in pop culture, mm-hmm. where I take your birthday and I give you pop culture related facts connected mm-hmm. to the day. And yours is March 11th, 1997, making me feel very old. (laughs) The number one movie at the U.S. box office was Private Parts, starring Howard Stern. Private Parts, the true story of a man with big dreams. We are gathered here today in praise of me. And a very small, penis. Lovely. I know nothing about it. <laughs> I just know it was a raunchy movie that, like, I I remember the poster when I was a kid because he was like naked, and he was being covered up by skyscrapers. That's that's all I remember. I remember going like, that looks bad, like a porn. Lovely. And your number one song was "Wannabe" by the Spice Girls. If you wanna be my lover, you gotta get with my friends, make it last forever. Yes, wannabe. Um, I'm so jealous. That's so funny that that was it. And this Disney connection. Do you remember the Disney Chicken Little? Yeah. So in that movie, the uh uh Abby, I think it's Abby Mallard and the pig. Uh, like mm-hmm. Chicken Little's best friends do um like a performance of Wannabe, and I what? didn't know it was by the Spice Girls, but I had that soundtrack, the Chicken Little soundtrack, because they also had the Cheetah Girls singing uh Shake Your Tail Feather, and oh, I God. remember it was one like Wannabe and that uh the Shake Your Tail Feather were like two songs that my sister and I would choreograph dances to and perform to, but it was specifically the version on the Chicken Little soundtrack. <laughs> I think I've never seen that. Maybe. Well, okay. Is there? You said there's a pig. There there's is a, a pig. Yes, he's like he's like this like shy. He's like this giant. Is he addicted to pig. Barbara Streisand? Also, I'm making that oh up. My, I don't know if it's Barbara Streisand, but I think he's addicted to some 
I remember there was some, it's like all a blur, but I remember it being like a movie from that same period where there was some pig, that's where it was a pig, and it was, it, it loved Barbra Streisand, and I, I thought that was great. God, I don't know. But that does sound from, I don't know if it's Barbra Streisand, but that's the fact that he's obsessed with like some like songstress person makes, oh, yeah. like feels familiar. I mean, the fact that loves Spice Girls, it's, it's very gay. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to take a little break, and when we get back, we will be diving into Disney. Yes. And we're back, and of course, we are here to talk about Disney. And I figured to kick off the conversation, I would say, what. What do you think was your favorite Disney movie when you were a child? Um, when I was a child, uh, I I remember I loved Jungle Book because I remember I had mm. this little plush Winnie the Pooh chair that my mother would set up in front of the TV, and I would <laughs> literally just sit there and watch Jungle Book. I know I also loved Snow White because Snow White for the longest time was my favorite Disney princess. Mm. and i loved the little mermaid i used to call ariel ia for whatever reason um maybe it was because like i watched it pre my ability to like say words and i was just like ia ia (laughs) like that's how ariel (laughs) sounded to my like toddler mind of Um, course and yeah, I mean, I had, I also had like a like a Little Mermaid themed birthday party, which also uh, reinforces my my love of Little Mermaid. And I remember oh I had a Tarzan one. And th- now that I think about it, I'm like, did I? I think I really like Tarzan, but I did. I love Tarzan because it was like, okay, he loves Disney, but he had a Little Mermaid birthday party, so we need to still, I don't know, like he's still a boy, so what? Have a Tarzan themed birthday party? Well, at least do um, like Hercules. Like, come on. Truly. I, yeah, I don't know if I, I remember what Hercules was early on, but I don't remember if I was obsessed with Hercules. Well, Hercules probably came out like right when you were born. <laughs> it was, well, I could think, I think cause 97. Oh God. What movie? I, there's gotta be a Disney movie that came out in 97. I want to say. Hunchback of Notre Dame. It was, I want to say it was either Hunch, like Hunchback or, or Pocahontas maybe oh it might be pocahontas that sounds correct i i'm actually researching it right now oh hercules it was hercules oh lovely hercules and anastasia oh not a disney movie but i i I include it in my heart yeah but do you and yeah there's such an interesting story about the the guy who made anastasia have you seen the oh god the oh it's on the this waking sleeping beauty documentary no oh no what, 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 what? there was like a guy who was in charge of disney animation for like a long time left because there was like huge creative differences and was the one who ended up starting like the animation um uh branch at uh or i don't know if it already started or he took over but at dreamworks and so like creating oh, wow. anastasia and a lot of those movies that are like we think are disney but are not <laughs> disney they're actually dreamworks but they're in that same kind of like well look. anastasia is essentially a disney movie i mean it's like yeah, that could yeah. so easily be a disney movie yeah 
Anna has. Oh, I remember it had Bernadette Peters as as uh, Babette. Was that her name? Wait, no, was her name. I can't remember what her name was. Well, she was a little t- a little tubby French woman. I remember thinking that's Bernadette Peters. <laughs> I don't uh, recognize that anywhere. And I'm also obsessed with Liz Calloway that does the singing voice for Anastasia. Yes, yes, Liz Calloway. Yes, I learned that from Sirius XM with Seth Rudetsky. <laughs> Oh God! Her story about how she was at the opening night party for Anastasia, and she went up to Meg Ryan and said, "Hi, I I was your singing voice for the movie." And then Meg Ryan said, "Oh, I've been telling people that I did the singing." <laughs> Savage, like, oh, shady, shady Meg Ryan. <laughs> I never understood that whole that whole uh, trick with like Disney movies. Like, yeah. we're not. Tr- I don't know if it's a trick, but like that. Uh, just that thing, like with how Leia Salonga was like the singing voice for Mulan and Jasmine, but she wasn't the speaking voice. Yeah, so weird. I'm like, why couldn't we have them be the same person? Especially if it's not, like, at least with Anastasia, I'm like, okay, it's Meg Ryan because you wanted like a famous voice to do the voice. But I don't think it's someone famous that did Jasmine or Mulan. Yeah, or, right? or, like, or like... yeah, it was like someone... It was, it was, yeah, for, for, for Aladdin or Jasmine, because both Aladdin and Jasmine had separate singing voices. And even um, the speaking voice for Jasmine sounds very much like Leah Salonga's speaking voice. So I think for the longest time, I thought she did both. So it's just like, yeah. why did you even do that yeah. extra work for yourself? I don't know. Who was your favorite Disney um, princess voice? Mine was Ariel. I think she had the most gorgeous. Ooh, um... Ooh, that's so specific. Uh, I, I, I mean, I always thought the 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 Snow White voice, like learning the story about the Snow White <laughs> voice and how someone literally like 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 would shake the her neck to like what? get that vibrato. I don't what? know. See, I don't know if that's actually. I need to probably like check my facts before I go and spreading okay. that rumor. Okay. But I, for the longest time, that's what I remember hearing is the like the story that someone to get that like wobbly vibrato someone literally i don't know if they shook it or like like did like flatten their hand and kind of like uh would like shake it up against her throat oh my Um, god so it has that like really wobbly sound that's bizarre i hope that's not true (laughs) yeah i'm sure i'm not the only one who's gonna be like listening to this and be like no i heard that too because I think that's like a one of those I mean, like all Hollywood lore. is so nuts. It's like almost believable because of the stories I've actually heard that are absolutely confirmed. Truly, yeah. Um, like them taping down Judy Garland's boobs when she was in mm-hmm. The Wizard of Oz and starving her with diet pills. It's just like truly insane. Yeah, yeah. So the idea of someone rubbing their hand on someone's neck for vibrato, I'm like, well, it's not the craziest thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know who else's voices. I remember I this is not Disney uh, Disney Princess, but I loved the actress who was the voice of she was the voice of Maleficent. She was the voice of the evil stepmother, and she's the voice of the head in the crystal ball on the haunted, haunted mansion rides. Um, <laughs> I want to say nay or same as like it's either Agnes Eleanor or I don't know. Some name you you're like that's that sounds like a stereotypical like (laughs) older mature woman's name, but I loved her voice because it's so witchy and villainous. 
And yeah. Oh, I mean, I I loved um, Disney female villains. Of course, I think we talked about this on your podcast, but like, yes, it was all about like Cruella Deville, Maleficent. Um, you know, even like, I mean, Ursula, of course. I mean, <laughs> I was, I think Little Mermaid. I think that's probably the first one I ever saw. Um, it's what I have the most early memories of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like, and that was like the first of like the Renaissance of Disney. So I guess that yes. kind of makes sense. But I remember, I my little gay self. I still remember the part of the movie that I love the most. I don't know why, but I love when Ariel um goes to dinner with Eric, and she comes out in that big poofy pink dress with the the big poofy sleeves, and her hair is all like that. And it's mm-hmm. like she's the most beautiful girl in the world. <laughs> It's like I want to be that. I want to be that girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my sister was into Pocahontas. That was that was her favorite. Yes, I. I mean, I loved. I truthfully loved. I loved all of them, but I remember I really loved Snow White. I really loved Ariel. I mm. want to say I loved. Sleeping Beauty. I I I think I love I love Sleeping Beauty because I think I loved actually no I did love I think I loved Sleeping Beauty because I loved I loved how the movie looked like it the oh, whole movie beautiful. feels like a, a feels like a painting like a moving like a literal moving painting. Yeah, I think and, they were trying to show off more and really like show off the beauty of animation with that one. Yes, um, I think I loved Sleeping Beauty more because I really liked the fairies and I loved I oh, loved yeah. Maleficent. Um, oh, I mean, Maleficent's great, and yeah, just the 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 fairies were just the, the original like three bad bitches. <laughs> so it was truly, great. oh my god, <laughs> I need a movie about the fairies. We got Maleficent, we got Sleeping Beauty. I need the fairies. Yeah, they're like sort of in the Maleficent movies, but not enough, if you ask me. Especially because it's like the original movie is like it's basically them the entire movie. Oh yeah, like they're a huge part of the movie yeah. for sure. Like, I mean, I all I remember from most of that movie is them being in their little cottage. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what do you, what would you say are some of the underrated Disney films that you don't hear people talk about as much? Okay. I I might get some flack for this one, but my favorite oh, my favorite Disney movie is actually an underrated one, and it is Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> it's not one of my favorites i'll admit but i i, I, I think yeah. it's got some beautiful music though i i love it because of the story and the music and the the attempt by disney to really push the envelope with <laughs> what they were doing with their animation movies because it's like this movie this man this villain is literally talking about he wants to have Esmeralda as his like sex slave. Yeah. And, and he's like um, flogging himself or you know like it's it's or he's yeah. just, you know it's it's very very uh dark for and just, kid yeah and just this it. idea of I don't know just of everything that uh uh hunchbacks about deals with like um uh 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 using religion to to outcast uh those who don't believe like you or or mm-hmm. or, or or pray like you um and um and 
earlier forms of like of, of racism and how religion was used to to do to to perpetuate that um yeah i just like i think the characters are great i love i think quasimodo is just a great hero so yeah i think my only problem with that movie is i i didn't like how quasimodo doesn't get to end up with esmeralda there's like a you know a handsome man that she ends up with and it felt mm-hmm. like a slight cop out like oh well don't worry about him he gets to be their best friend and now you know it just it, it felt like the ultimate friend zone movie oh like yeah. thanks for saving the day quasimodo now i'm gonna go off with esmeralda but you're a really solid guy <laughs> solid yeah. guy quasimodo you're like okay i'll be talking to my gargoyles bye you yeah know? especially because well like the book ends spoiler <laughs> people the book ends she dies like, so. he dies too that that yes i yes. Yeah, I, like, I think well i remember i watched a, i do remember watching nope. a behind a behind the scenes thing on on hunchback or it was one of those things on those old disney vhs's where they would have little like featurettes about other movies before the movie you were gonna watch mm-hmm. and i remember they talked about how when they announced they were going to do hunchback of notre dame somebody said well how are we gonna do that as a disney movie they all die mm-hmm. <laughs> i think it's a very dark uh bug I think he so dies. I give them points for you know boldness. Yeah, I think he dies. And I, I I've been meaning to read the book. It's been like on some bookshelf somewhere for a long time. But it's Victor mm-hmm. Hugo, so it's it's an investment. Um, oh, yeah, but Mr. Lemes, truly. But I think he dies like later on after the fact. Like I think he mm. he because that because like the the book ends with like there they they go into the catacombs and they see his skeleton like hugging her skeleton <gasps> and i think he like went down there afterwards and like oh. or just stayed with her and oh, died that way yikes so <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like it's like sad but it's like that's in a way kind of beautiful just oh like sure that, oh no yeah. i mean as a movie be great yeah as a movie that children have to watch um not not i guess quite as uh doable yeah maybe maybe a, the live action adaption they'll do that oh, you know i'll i will give them points for for being brave if they do it it's in the pipeline it's in the it's in the live action adaption pipeline I mean, why not? You know what I mean? Like, they've adapted movies that I don't think are as readily uh, accessible to be made into a... Like, I don't think... Like, why did we need um, Dumbo? Like, I didn't need Dumbo. Yeah. I even though it's not even one it. of the worst ones, but I just didn't need it. Yeah. Whereas, like, Hunchback... Like, I remember the one movie where I thought, like, well, that makes sense to adapt was Beauty and the Beast, because it's practically a, a movie musical, just the original version. Mm-hmm. That was, I would say my actually my favorite Disney movie. It I, the one I probably watched the most. It probably was Beauty and the Beast. If I really think about it, because mm-hmm. I just there was something about I think because I was a weird little kid that read books all the time, so I saw a lot <laughs> of myself in Belle. Yeah, and I love that she didn't um get saved at the end. She like uh, actually went to help him. You know, like it's I I liked her. Her gumption, her oomph. I, I, I was a fan. Mm-hmm. Yes, we stand, Belle. We stand, 
And I remember when he when he opens the um the library for her and it's filled with all the books. When uh, I was a kid, I thought, that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I think it was because of that movie that I really want a library in when I have a house. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a huge library. It's yeah, I'm not probably not that size unless I like somehow like make it big and get a lot of money. But at least some kind of like, maybe like a joint study slash library, just like a wall that can just be literally all books. It'd be like, ooh, yeah. look at all the books. I don't know. It's funny when you go into people's houses and the books are not even organized by anything other than color and shape because it's just all decorative. And that's and that's cute, but I I couldn't do it. I'm like I need to have like a like I need to have a Dewey Decimal System. I need to literally be oh like my. okay, like where are the A's? Where are the B's? Where are the numbers? Your whole punching cards when someone wants to borrow a book, like exactly. okay, well let's do back on the fifteenth. If not, there's a P. I mean seriously, I've actually I've lost. There's been a few books where I'm like I wanted those books back and I never got them back. And oh, I've lost books. I've lost so many movies over the years because I Oof. let someone borrow it. And they never return it, and they always act like, "Oh, did you give that to me? I don't remember that." I'm like, "Ugh, lies, lies." Return your borrowed books and movies, people. It is like, not cool to not return them because some of us genuinely care about these collections we have <laughs> please oh my god i mean lately i don't really collect movies anymore it gets yeah. really rare if i buy a movie nowadays the last movie i bought was um was that Kate blanchett movie carol oh yeah yeah i remember i bought that i think that's probably the last thing except for the only exception is if i'm at a store and there's a five dollar bin and there's randomly just some movie that i love that i don't happen to own i might buy a movie Mm-hmm. But now I'm just, I have sort of started slowly switching over to like digital catalogs and, you know, being uh, modern in that way. Yeah. So what do you think, I always, like me as a young gay kid, I feel like I gravitated towards Disney because of, yeah, I don't know, like, I guess I was obsessed with the princesses, to be real. Okay. Like I never cared about any of the male characters. I was always, but even if it was a, a really underwritten female character in a male-driven film, I somehow would still care about <laughs> the woman <laughs> more than the man. Um, but what do you think made you so into Disney when you were a kid? It's so funny that you literally just said what you said, because I just had a conversation with... Um a friend of mine yesterday and talked uh and 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 talked about how i think a large like growing up movies uh for a lot of movies that had uh central uh f- like female characters at the center or 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 as a lead in some way and and obviously in, in disney because um so many of their fairy tales are revolve around uh, a princess is I always saw the 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 women, even though the man was coming in to save her and she was like, oh, I'm waiting for my prince to come or waiting for this. It was I still saw power in the fact that it was her story and the man was just a part to complete her Mm -hmm. her her dream for her life. and at least for me as a young gay kid, I was like, 
I want to be like her. I want to wear the fabulous outfits. I want to, they just embodied the, the villain, the villainesses too embodied these qualities <laughs> of like beauty and grace and mystique and, uh, somewhat like an underhanded power in a in worlds that were obviously run and by men and rescued by men um but like i saw power in the fact that it's like but we're still telling her story we're not telling prince charming story we're not telling uh the beast's story as much we're not telling prince yeah, eric's story the most backstory but i still care more about like bell yeah um and and i think like i was drawn to it because i just love this idea of of magic elements of magic and mm-hmm. and um something more exciting in the world which is like like I was very much drawn to like Harry Potter and and any kind of like fantasy films, but just like with Disney, it was just so the characters were so timeless and and larger than life and 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 yeah, it was just like something about just the energy. I was just very I was drawn to the hope and the love because the stories are all ultimately about hope and love and 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 magic that's sweet <laughs> <laughs> I, have, like, I have a I bit of an optimist in a castle <laughs> i have a bit of like an an optimist like happy-go-lucky persona so yes like i i always try to see all points of view and and be a realist but i also no i don't know try to like that's genuinely like what disney did for me and how i saw women in disney um yeah and i feel like uh, there are a lot of a lot of of gay men that can relate in a way um yeah that's so funny like i always think about that like is it a gay like i don't know if it's like a subconscious thing in the gay brain where we know that women have been suppressed like you know throughout history so there's something that makes the women seem more like empowering but i don't feel like i also actively thought about that when i was a kid but i always for sure gravitated towards the women like in anything i mean even like I love Hercules, and I definitely had like you know feelings for Hercules's um, <laughs> animated body, but I was always about Meg. I was like, well, what's yes. gonna happen to Meg? <laughs> yes. Like, what's gonna happen with her? And I I do think Meg has one of the best Disney female ballads. Oh, for sure. I won't, I won't say I'm in love. I mean, well, did you? Oh, I'm sure you did. But did you see the Ariana Grande cover of it? Yes so cute yes yeah i loved really it good. yeah it was it was a, it was a gift to us during during this year of quarantine mm-hmm. mm. what oh, you know what i was not a fan of and we can it is disney themed so it's not off topic <laughs> did you watch the little mermaid live thing on abc <sighs> um oh. <laughs> um i it was I don't I don't know why I don't I don't know why because it started I actually started I was like okay this actually seems like it could be good Mm. and then it wasn't 
No, it was um, not. <laughs> and spoiler I com- alert, it yeah, was not good. I commend them for doing it, and I sure and always with these with these live musical uh things, I I try to be like you know what in even if I'm like let down by it, I'm still glad it is happening because it is another way to bring live theater, live musicals to a more mainstream audience. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just wish that they put more, it seems, it just appears that they don't put as much thought as I wish they would into it. Or Um, they're talking to the wrong people. Like it just feels like, who are you, who's in charge of this? Because yeah, even the, the, the little mermaid thing, there were some things I liked and there were some, some even casting that I thought, oh, that's that's an idea. But then it was so over ambitious with the visuals and everything that it actually just weighed down the piece and made it look cheap, actually. It actually made it look the opposite of expensive. Yeah. And even someone like Queen Latifah, I love Queen Latifah. Yes. And the idea of her playing Ursula, great. I still think she is probably one of the better things in it. But it was just somehow, even her, I couldn't, it was, I don't know, it was like the way they styled everything. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because it was like half a movie, half a concert. It was just, it was very strange. Yeah, yeah, I... I'm, I'm more excited for the Rob Marshall film version. Oh my god, I'm very excited for the, for the, yeah, yeah. The live action adaption. Yeah, the um... cast they've announced so far, it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty nice. Yeah, and I think it'll be. I'm excited because I really think it's going to be different enough, and they're leaning. Mm-hmm. They're. I. It just seems like they're leaning more into the, the, into like Caribbean influence. Um, yes. Yeah. Which I'm very excited to see how. Well, that... why not do something different? Like we don't need to see another. Like we have the animated movie. It doesn't exactly. need to be like that. Um, I know people are. Of course, people flipped out about Halle Bailey. You know, um, playing Ariel, but. Or, but she looks, she's stunning. She's like perfect for it. She's like perfect ingenue look, has a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's, you know, people get, you know, why are we ruining Disney? And you just go, why do you think that's ruining? Like and what, what is it so ruining? Much? And also yeah. like how aggressive that sounds. Like you're ruining my childhood movie. And like the fact that you are equating like a person of color playing a role that yes, was white originally and saying it's ruining it. That's oh God. Especially because not... a, a it's, it's a fantasy world. It's a mermaid. It's a, exactly. It's a mermaid. And it's again, one of those moments it's like, you were clearly not thinking about like the little black girl who, when this movie is going to comes out is going yeah. to walk that movie and be like oh my god point at this like literally point at the screen and say that's me like i literally and, just yeah, saw yeah. a video of uh, a little asian girl watching um <gasps> hamilton and pointing oh, at Sue and being like that's me and i'm like if yeah. we all thought about the the t- like if 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 us as white people thought about the times where how many times we got to see ourselves represented if we put mm-hmm. ourselves in the shoes of uh said child of color and be like what that would mean for them to grow up with mm-hmm. it's just like it's so important i think and i'm just like i'm very well when you're describing empathy color. which i think some people just have a lacking of truly yeah they're so like centered around 
well, what are my kids going to think? How is this going to affect me? Like, and also I'm like, is this all based on ego? Like you still want to be like the like quote unquote top, ugh, like the top of the food chain in terms of like your race. Like it just, I never understand. Like, why do you care so much? Like, yeah. why does this matter? Because yeah, in terms of representation, you know, uh, how different would I feel about myself if we had had positive representations of gay people in Disney exactly. kids or Disney mm-hmm. films when we were kids, you know, like that still really hasn't happened. I mean, they give us little scraps, like we are going to make LeFou gay in the remake of Beauty and the Beast. And it was when they finally showed what all the like hubbub was about, I thought, Oh, because he has a crush on Gaston and dances with a guy for exactly like a second of screen time. And before it cuts away, like, is that really what we get after all the science we've, what we've earned, you know? Yeah. And it was like, there's like the new, there's the new, the new short film out on Disney plus that I saw an article circulating, like people were put, had a petition out trying to take it down. And I'm like, I don't understand the mentality. Like I I actually, I talked about this on one of the episodes of my podcast where um, there was a meme circulating uh, uh, of, it was from SpongeBob and it was SpongeBob lying on the ground with a funnel in his mouth and Patrick pouring something into his mouth or into the funnel. And SpongeBob represented uh, the uh, uh, audiences and, whatever Patrick was pouring represented unnecessary gay characters and Patrick <sighs> represented Netflix. And so people were up in arms by like, why do we have to have these gay characters in these like narratives? And it's yeah. like, and it's the mentality people are like, you know, I'm not homophobic or anything, but like, just don't oh, like shove it down my throat or like, why does it have to be? And I'm like, we've had again, straight culture shoved down our throats our entire lives. Exactly. Again, empathy. And it's like, these people we just exist in the world like just the because of like the fact you're upset like oh the story's not focusing on queer trauma it's the characters just like living a happy life or it's a queer like fairy tale and you're upset about that like oh my god it's yeah well yeah like for me it's like like going back to like Disney princesses, why do we gravitate towards Disney princesses? I'm like, well, I think the Disney princesses, I felt the most like the Disney princesses. Like maybe I didn't, I mean, it's not that I, you know, wanted to be a girl or anything, but I thought, well, I don't want to be some guy with a sword hacking through briars in the woods, but I want to be a gorgeous woman, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, up in a tower (laughs) waiting for a prince to kiss me, you know? Exactly. I'll be like sitting in my tower, smoke, take smoke my cigarette. And I'm like, I mean, he can come when I want to, and I'm just gonna sit here. Wait, I know he's coming, so is I'm he almost done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like but. you know, yeah, just yeah. I just wish people would, I don't know, try to think outside of their own head, and because it's so funny, a lot of those people online, I, I've learned to just not engage with these types of people because yeah. you're not gonna gain anything from it. But you try to give the argument of, you know, we haven't had representation. It makes us feel invisible. Like when we're not represented in the media, we we might as well not exist because people and people aren't raised to have any awareness of what gay people are like or trans people or like Mm -hmm. people of color because they're always left in the background. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now there's finally a wave of going, well, the only way to empower these people really is to start showing them and making it normalized. Mm -hmm. And there are people that are so threatened by the normalization of 
depicting you know diversity in film and i just ugh, it's so exhausting yeah it's i yeah i just like really and i've never like had a conversation with someone about it because i'm i'm definitely in a very like like-minded individual with like how i think bubble so i've never mm-hmm. like had that a conversation with someone to be like you know i i don't mind it but i'm like i don't want to see it and i'm like but why don't you want like why are you so opposed to it other than yeah. like if you're okay with me and my lifestyle why are you up in arms about it if you have a queer character on your uh, a show your child's watching on disney channel yeah, and like one thing I remember, um, there was talk a while ago. I don't know if this was ever even true, but there was talk they were going to make a Disney film that would be about like a Disney prince falling in love with another like boy. Like it was going to be like a gay Disney film. And I remember there was an article about it, and someone said like, "This is just so in- like I have nothing against gay people, but it's just really inappropriate to expose our children to this this young age." I'm like. Okay, so the most they're going to do is probably kiss at the end of this movie. And how many women have kissed, you know, exactly. men in the movies? Like, it's no different. And so to make it seem like something dirty and something wrong, it just, God, like, how do you, you know, how do you not see how that's hurtful? Exactly. Uh. Yeah. When these people don't barely even know each other in the movie. Oh my God, we've seen each other once. We're in love. Um, yeah. Thank God for Frozen making fun of that, finally. I know. And I'm like, and you're okay with that, but not maybe a movie about, like, two guys' love story and them actually getting to know each other and it being completely just kid-friendly. Like, yeah, and imagine like a little gay boy growing up and seeing like he could have like his favorite Disney movie be the one about the boy that ends up with a boy, and it's just it just makes them have hope for falling in love and yeah. and just yeah, it's, just, it's such a beautiful idea to think about, and I hate that we still like, that still seems like oh, but they could never get a movie like that made. Like I hope that that will change. Yeah, well, I, I remember I remember seeing that too, and I I also remember seeing there was something I think it was supposed to come to Disney Plus about, um, uh, uh, it might have been something it might have been just like a normal story or it was a fairy tale, but it was about a uh, at the center of it was a transgender man, and it was called like oh, wow. I am Alex or I'm Alex or or just Alex or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember that was like being a thing and I, I i i'm sure there was people like up in arms about that too but i remember seeing that and <laughs> right. being like this sounds like a beautiful like a very disney story uh um, yeah yeah so hmm. yeah and like the the only way to move forward is just to start representing more people and making it normalized and you take away the quote-unquote stigma or the uh like the controversial quote-unquote people say it is like Mm -hmm. just showing people that haven't been shown and also we have had plenty of white heterosexual kids movies like they've existed we've seen them there's plenty to look at no one's even saying they're gonna stop making those all they're saying is that we will also be telling stories about other types of people that look different, live different lives, and why 
like how is that not a positive thing for children to even just if for just for tolerance you know because then they're raised thinking that's totally mm-hmm. normal which it is yeah and that's like that's like the main thing where it's like i feel like it very much because disney is such a family has a lot of family they create a lot of work that's family oriented it very much mm-hmm. falls on their shoulders to to lead the way in 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 being intentional and and creating these pieces um mm-hmm. because like what are they worried about like like alt right christian i don't even know if this is an organization alt right <laughs> christians like association of america like shutting disney down i'm like good luck like disney pretty well, much there's has a one monopoly. thing called the american family association which oh, are like yeah. people that are actively against uh, yeah. yeah all of this. I think and I yeah. think I think they were the ones that put out the petition about getting uh out off the off Ugh. of Disney Plus. And I'm like just That sounds about right. Just worry about the infidelities and the problems within your own families and then we can talk <laughs> about something else. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I guess like to close out this topic, I guess that that's looking forward towards disney like what are, what are you hoping to see a change in, in in the next like say 10 15 years i mean especially right now one thing i'm i don't know who knows if this is going to happen but i'm like great so it seems like the easiest types of movies we'll be able to make until social distancing and and things are not a thing are animated yeah. movies because everyone oh, right? pretty yeah. be, much be isolated so i'm like like I think it's all based on, on computers. Exactly. So I'm like, I like if we had like a like okay. First off, a movie where you have said character of color not turning into some uh, frog or Thank or you. something oh Thank else, you. um, where they literally are themselves the entire in their own in their own body the entire movie. Those kind of narratives. Preached. Preach. where it's not obviously not commenting uh it's just like some like beautiful like disney fairy tale or just normal story um i would love well, yeah like when princess and the frog of course you're referencing yeah. princess and the frog when that came out i of course was so excited and of mm-hmm. course it was still a big moment it's not that it takes away from that but it just felt like they made this big to-do about it's the first black disney princess and mm-hmm. everyone was so excited and you go to see the princess and the frog and she suddenly gets turned into a frog. Mm-hmm. And then she spends almost the entire movie as a frog. And it just felt like, you know, you've never turned any of the other Disney princesses into an amphibian for their film. So it just, it felt, it, it felt really convenient. And it just, yeah. Know, it well, also, me. yeah, no, they, I also, I also brought it up because I don't know if you've seen the new, the trailer for the Pixar movie Soul. No. It's so it's a man who who it's a he's a, a a musician, a black musician living in New York and um he talks about like like the trailer and they talk about like what do you want to remember for and he 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 seems to be living a great life and this isn't spoiling anything but in the trailer he falls down a pothole and you get the impression oh he he's died and um he but they have these like almost like ghostly like inside out looking characters that they become so it appears that for a majority of the movie he's going to be this like soul version of himself but not living in his 
regular body but like again the movie hasn't come out and they also make it seem like okay it looks like there's gonna be half flashbacks to his life because the movie talks about what do you want to be remembered for Mm -hmm. and um and it looks like it looks like the kind of movie where he's gonna go back and revisit his life so again could be could be a step forward but again he is still turning into an inhuman figure um so so yeah and then like this like i am alex thing like i i don't know like where that at is at in terms of for for disney but but just stories to to continue to normalize all kinds of representation and not and not told in a uh cartoonish or like i don't know not 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 I don't know. Letting them exist as much as you allow the white counterparts. Exactly. Of similar movies. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yes. what I mean. Yeah. That's, that is exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess Ariel had to spend most of her movie as a human as opposed to a mermaid, but like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite the same thing. Yeah. Well, we're going to take one more little break and then we come back. I have a game all Ooh. designed to play with you. Oh, fun. Let's go with it. And we're back, and in honor of Disney, I decided to play um, a not-quite-child-friendly game of Mary Fuck, Kill, Disney Edition. I will give you three male Disney characters and you'll have to choose one to marry, one to fuck. It's okay. okay. <laughs> one to kill. Uh, are you ready? Yes. I actually okay. also have a funny story about male Disney, this eroticization of male Disney characters. Oh my. Okay. Well, you can feel free to go with adverse. If you have, want. Okay. Have you, did you ever see the, it's the artist is deviant art, but they created all the Disney, like, male the male disney princes and heroes as like underwear models i think i did see this yeah yeah that was one of my, again one of my first moments where i look back and i was like very turned on by those and it was like <laughs> of course it was like oh my god it's these disney princes and they're like looking very fine well um, there's a good question before we get into the mary fuck kill who were your most like disney male crushes when you were a kid we were just like oh he's so oof. cute um i mean aladdin yeah i'll say when yeah. I, there's so many moments where he's like oh my god do you trust me Whoo! i would take go anywhere well, on that magic sure carpet shirt with was you open the whole time <laughs> i exactly i mean the fact yes exactly the fact that his shirt was open the whole time it's like whoo i will go anywhere on that magic carpet and he had that you. little smirk he had like a little smirk yes. on his face all the time yes. i was like oh he looks yeah. so cocky <laughs> aladdin um um oh god oh my god prince prince eric was one of mine prince eric yes uh i mean hercules just because you're like oh my god look mm. at all the muscles yeah yeah um oh my god uh post when the beast turns back into his normal self oh yeah oh like stunning which um, is looking at it first like hmm are you him like girl it, it, whatever yeah also kind <laughs> he looks, of he good. <laughs> yeah also kind of um milo james thatch in atlantis 
Oh. And um uh the guy in Lilo and Stitch, uh uh David. Do you want to know something uh maybe controversial? I've never seen Lilo and Stitch. <gasps> I know. Everyone's uh, like, what's wrong with you? I think it was a slightly after my time. It's it had some of the best marketing of any Disney movie. And <laughs> Because they had all all of the trailers for Lilo and Stitch. Would Stitch would be infiltrating all of these uh, beautiful Disney moments. So they had a moment where like uh, the Beast and Belle are are waltzing, and Stitch is like on the chandelier, and he like unscrews the chandelier, and it crashes. Oh, yeah. And then he like, and then they always at the end of the movie they'd be like. Ugh get your own movie and then cut to Lilo and Stitch coming, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and there was like another one where he interrupts a whole new world and him and Jasmine like ride off together in Stitch's uh, spaceship. And Aladdin's wow. like, what the heck? Get your own movie. <laughs> yeah. So that's cute. Yeah. Well, taking all that testosterone into account, <laughs> are you, are you ready, ready to go? Let's do it. Okay. First three. Um, this is a hero, uh, a villain edition. Uh, Captain Hook, Jafar, and Hades. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Captain Hook, Jafar, and Hades. Okay, honestly, I think I would... Okay. I think I would marry Captain Hook, because I would don't oh. think I would mind ship life. Okay. And... Um, I also, I, yeah, I could spend more time in Neverland. I think I would, I think I would fuck Hades because <gasps> oh. sex with a god could be, yeah. I don't know. It could be. Yeah, his, yeah, his, his underworld would be like, yeah. you know, out of this, yeah. And you just like gotta <laughs> spend like, a, like a night there and be like, great, this was fun. Uh, never had sex with a god before, but you know what? First time for everything. And I think I would kill jafar because he just like mm. skeezes me out so he's definitely skeezy i definitely always thought he was gay because even when he has oh, yes. jasmine locked up he's like now i'll have this land i never thought he was gonna do anything with jasmine oh <laughs> like, yeah she's fine she's okay <laughs> very much in a okay next three i have tarzan hercules and Li shang Ooh. yeah there's like some actual hotties i want to say I would marry Li Shang because he just mm. seems very just loyal and just yeah. like a good husband. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is hard. What? No. That one was like, okay, I immediately, but I'm like, I don't want to kill Hercules or, <laughs> or Tarzan. Um, you can't kill Hercules. <laughs> actually, you can because he chose to be a human. So. Well. Well, true. Oh, true. True. Um. No, see, I haven't seen a while. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm gonna choose to have sex with Tarzan because I get Ooh. the feeling Hercules actually kind of gives me that. Like, I don't think he would be that great in bed. Like, you mm. think so because he's so like buff and beautiful and just like. But I'm like something about you. Just like you seem too perfect, and. Yeah. I think you he might, might use get... roids. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And Tarzan just seems like I don't know. Very limber. Yeah, exactly. Come on, limber. <laughs> okay, next three. Mm -hmm. We have Flynn Rider, mm. 
Kristoff or Prince Naveen? Okay. <laughs> Mary Kristoff has sex with Naveen, kill mm. Flynn Rider. I never cared for Flynn Rider. Yeah, he's sweet, but like Prince Naveen, I always had like the moment he came on that screen, Ugh. like smile. And then How Christoph, dare you make that beautiful man be a frog? I, exactly. And then Kristoff's just like, again, like they show him in the movies. He would be a good husband. Yeah, that's true. Like that's I true. could spend a lot of time with him. And you know what? I would I would be right there with him talking in funny voices to, to Sven. <laughs> okay, next three. We have Prince Eric, Milo, and Aladdin. Ooh. Okay. Is it Milo or Milo? It's it's Milo James Thatch. That's like okay, how good, they okay, say okay, it in the okay, movie. Okay. I I don't know it's why, but it always like I always hear every time I hear his. I have to say his full name because <laughs> they say his full name constantly in the movie. Um, I think I would want to marry Milo because yeah. we would go on a lot of like really fun adventures. I, I would, would want to have. Eric. Okay, I was gonna kill Prince Prince Eric. <laughs> You know what? He's got money. Um, you know what? I, I'd gorgeous. rather I'd rather adventure and travel the world with Milo than oh. be stuck by the beach. And then you know what? I mean, I I you also get, you also get Max the dog. That's true. I'm just I'm flooding you with my own answers. I could you know I'll I'll get my own. Do- we'll get Milo and I will get our own pet. Fair. That's fair. He seems like a dog person. He does. It's like an essential for like a world like traveler like archaeologist like like an indiana jones type like they gotta have like a a best like a a man's best friend okay so this next one is a a um daddy category we have king triton george darling and roger radcliffe of 101 dalmatians oh i would marry roger Mm -hmm. um another dog person Another dog. Oh my god! I would live for those hundred and one Dalmatians. Oh god! Um, especially once we move to the ranch in hundred and one Dalmatians too. Yes, of um, course, or hundred and two yeah. Dalmatians. Um, <laughs> it was King Triton and who else? Oh, George Darling. George um, Darling. Yeah. Uh, have sex with Triton. Kill George mm. Darling. Is it weird that I had weird attraction to Triton when I was a child? I mean. Not at all. He's not like He's my like, type, but I remember being like, look at his arms. He's like, they sculpt, oh, again, sexualizing that man by sculpting his body to perfection. Yeah. yeah. If, I'm not, if I'm not supposed to be looking, why would you paint, paint it that way? Exactly. Okay, and the last one. We have Cinderella's Prince, mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty's Prince, and Snow White's Prince. Do we not know the names? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That is who they are to me. Uh, I would... I already know I'm going to kill Snow White's prince just because he seems yeah. like he has no personality. Well, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I think his name's like... Well, there's a there's a debate that, like, Cinderella's prince and Snow White's prince are both Prince Charming, but I think... But in Ooh. the movie, Cinderella's prince is Prince Charming. I think I would marry Philip have sex with charming because like what she's the most beautiful girl in the world and you can't remember what she looks like or (laughs) and like this one size fits all and you can't find like 
So if only it could fit the shoe on someone. I'm then like, I know. yeah. So, but he seems like he could be he could be fun in bed. Um, well, he seems gay. Exactly. He's looked very gay, so that's good but, for us. But Phil, yeah, and then I I think I I Philip was another one I thought was beautiful. They also oh, in yeah. those those artworks, Philip also looks very beautiful in that's... those drawings. So. Yeah. There we go. Well, that was Mary Fuck Kill Disney Edition. You did it. <laughs> Lovely. I made it through. <laughs> and the last segment that I do with every guest is I ask my guests who was the last actress who made you feel something. Ooh, I thought I've like thought long and hard about this because I'm like, I feel yeah. like if I like watched recently and I'm like, oh, that's it. Uh Phoebe Waller Bridge in Fleabag. Mm, good one it's that was like what i'm like like i i've been meaning to go back and rewatch it because it is just great writing television character development and she's just she's so good yeah yeah so i think mine is um We've been, of course, everyone in the sun has been watching Hamilton, yeah. and I was just entranced by Philip Sue. Oh yes, yeah. Just well, because you know I haven't seen it live yet. I've only had the cast recording, and so mm-hmm. I didn't know the moment was coming where she screams after after spoiler alert, <laughs> Philip dies, mm-hmm. and it just like oh, it like got me. It was like an instant tear in my eye. Like oh my god. Yeah. And just I mean her and Renee Lee's Goldsberry. I mean it's it's kind of like who do you choose? But it just yeah, just it's stunning. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we did this. I know, me too. Do you want to tell the listeners about your podcast before we wrap things up? Yes. Um yeah. So my podcast is called Queer Queries. We talk about all things queer experience and identity. Um and you can follow us on Instagram at, at queer.queries. And that's queries double E, not query single E, because query single E is straight, not gay. Um, that was taken from the great Liza Minnelli. Um, <laughs> and yeah, follow, you can listen to us on all podcast listening platforms. Lovely. And I'll appear on your podcast uh, soon. Yes, yes. I'm like, still, I'm like, it's like scheduling and like figuring it all out. But I'm, yeah, I'm so excited about it. Well, thanks for coming into the In Another World world. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about Disney, so. Any any opportunity, we could have talked for a few more hours if we needed to. I know. I was like, I was like on a roll with these like, fuck Mary Kales. I'm like, let's go through the canon. I'm like, let's do Uh, it. Trust me, I had many more to choose from. I was trying (laughs) to streamline it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well i hope you have a great week thank and... you so much you too yeah bye Ta-ta. and thank you again to nick for coming on to the show i had such a good time and listeners please go listen to queer queries he told you where to find it and if you want to support in another world you can go to iaw podcast on twitter or in another world pod on instagram and if you could please rate and review the podcast on itunes that would be fantastic it definitely helps 
So, I've been your host, Zachary Landolt, and this has been another episode of In Another World, and I will see all of you lovely people here again next week. Bye!